Welcome to the podcast, Life Lessons from Travels Off the Beaten Path. Hi, my name is Justine Murray, and I'm also known as Lighter Step Justine, as we strive to step lightly across the earth and only leave footprints. This podcast is about the life lessons I've learned as a traveler, particularly when I decided to step off the beaten path. Mostly this occurred in the non-digital era when there was no internet or mobile phones. My sometimes bizarre and always unforgettable adventures around the globe, often as a solo woman traveller, gave me great insight into living a fulfilled life, blessed with all my senses, to enjoy the wonders the world has to offer. From wildlife encounters, to midnight crashes, to dodging stalkers and trekking with tribes, to travelling with a child and around work commitments. I will entertain you with my stories and what each adventure has taught me, along with some general travel and life wisdom along the way. I also will be bringing in other travellers who can captivate us with their own travel stories and the life lessons they have learned. So tune in to me each week and let's get entertained with travel. So I'm going to start. We're back in Nairobi. Uh, I've spent six months in Nairobi and I was working there f- and with horses. Uh, if you want to find out about that story, that's in uh, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, and basically, I spent most of my time in Nairobi, uh, but I'd often go off on adventures on weekends. And so um, today I'm going to talk about one of the adventures where I went up to Aberdare National Park. Now, Aberdare National Park is to the north of Nairobi. It's up towards Mount Kenya. Now, it's not as well known as the big parks in Kenya, such as Masai Mara and Serengeti and even Savo National Park, but it's quite unique. It is quite hilly and uh, it has still has an abundance of wildlife. And one of the amazing things about Aberdare National Park is that uh, it has two lodges and one of the lodges is called Treetops and it is a wooden structure uh, like on stilts and I think it's closed at the moment but uh, it was it had quite a reputation as being a brilliant place to go to as well. Unfortunately I never got there but I did go to the Ark in Aberdare National Park. And the Ark is like the shape of a, you know, it's a bit of a shape of an Ark, uh, but it's it's situated right on a waterhole and it also has uh, a salt lick there. So the animals are quite used to coming in there to drink from the waterhole and access the salt lick. They often Obviously, the salt lick is um, refreshed by the rangers, so it encourages the animals to come in. And what they do is they actually, the the lodge is actually right beside the salt lick and they have spotlights out there at night uh, so you can view the animals at night time. And this is pretty incredible because most places you go to, uh, you do day game rides and and see the animals during the day but the night you don't really have much to see at all unless they actually come into your lodge and and generally there's a fence around it so they can't come in you know for you for the visitor safety 
Uh, but this here is is basically uh, the animals can access right up to the building and so you, you can view it. So I went with friends, uh, one of the families I was riding horses with and they took me up there as one of the as one of the locals which was really good because um, I didn't have to pay the tourist price it's quite expensive actually but well worth it if you've got the budget for it uh, and what it is is you go to their sister place which is Aberdeer Country Club and even Aberdeer Country Club is um, is a fantastic experience in itself because it's very much like the colonial times and uh, you have refreshments there and then you leave your car there because you're not allowed to drive to the ark and you hop on their buses and then they transport you by via their buses to the actual ark so they don't have to worry about car parking and, and especially if the animals coming close they're not going to damage your cars. So when you get to the ark there's it's you know it's a, it's a three-story building uh, raised building with uh, with a walkway over to it. Uh, so you go along this great big long walkway. Uh, you go in and it's, you know, beautiful furnishings. Uh, there's, they have buffet restaurant where you have your dinner and breakfast, etc. They have uh, each, they have their rooms. Uh, you know, the rooms are, are, are quite nice, but in, you know, there's obviously parks that have more luxurious furnishings, etc. But you know, what do you come to Savo? Oh, sorry, what do you come to Aberdeer and the Ark for? Is you come to see the animals? So, you know, the a room is really only where you sleep, uh, and they have a, a big viewing deck on on the top, so you can watch the animals uh you obviously got a window outside out of your room so you can watch the animals and i think now they obviously have um closed circuit tv where you can actually you can view the animals on their live cams which they didn't have when i was there um pity that would be fantastic but anyway uh and they have a hide which is right down the bottom of the of the building so you're actually on ground level with the animals so the animals can get right up close to the hive and you're just on the other side of it in these you know these um, very small viewing windows so you can see what's going on and, and there's no um you know it's just this is like a fort you can sort of, you know you, you squint out there's no windows so you really feel you're you're part of it and so and they have loudspeakers and so every time they see an animal like the the staff see an animal they announce it on the loudspeaker so they tell you where to go in the building to go and and view that animal and so we arrived like most people arrived in the afternoon and you spend the afternoon there you have your dinner there and then you you can go sleep and you wake up in the morning and you spend you know, another hour or so there and then you're taken back to your car. So it's just, it's really like a one night stay. Um, and so when we arrived there in the afternoon, there's probably about a hundred people 
at the time, this is in the 90s, uh, I don't know how many rooms they've got, but they've got a, a, at least a couple of stories of, of guest rooms. And we, um, we viewed the animals and, you know, there was a big herd of uh, buffalo that came through. The water hole was, a, was, by that time, was a little bit dry, so it was a bit further out. A, a bit away and what was in front where the mud was was extremely muddy so we had a very good viewing of the buffalo <laughs> and other animals absolutely uh, having a great mud bath uh, and I remember sometime that afternoon because I, I was just glued to the animals I didn't do much socializing and I remember at one stage the buffalo were were coming in from the uh, from, from the hills and we saw this big beautiful old buffalo its horns were absolutely amazingly long um, huge you know stack of horn uh, and it's not often you you see them these old grandfather buffalo but it was, it was quite amazing and it came in so I got some good viewing and good film capture of that uh, another time the loudspeaker said they saw a leopard over on the north side of the uh, of the building and so we went all over there and I must admit it was really hard to see I could sort of see a bit of a yellowy shape right over in the corner in, on this patch like a big rock and it was lying on that but I didn't really have any binoculars at the time and and um, yeah my eyes thought was the greatest but Apparently, that's the rangers were saying they're over there, and I could sort of see a yellow bloke. So that's about the most, <laughs> the only viewing, unfortunately, the only viewing I ever saw of a leopard in the wild. Um, I didn't get a chance to see many uh, any leopards, uh, which was disappointing for me. But anyway, uh, but the other animals were amazing. We saw waterbuck, um, bushbuck, and Lots of buffalo, elephants, black rhino, and they were coming through all the time. So it came about uh, dinner time and we, we had the buffet and it was quite nice. Uh, decent food, nothing absolutely crazy but I don't tend to remember my food I'm not food focused so I don't really remember my meals so I remember it was a buffet that's about all I can tell you so I can't really give you a rating on the food um, but I can rate you on the building because I've never forgot forgotten this one night in in Kenya and so you know we sat up and the staff kept letting us know what animals around to about nine o'clock and from about nine o'clock people started petering out uh, about ten o'clock there was probably only about 
um, 15 people still hanging around and um, by midnight I was the only person left and the reason is I thought well you know you you can sleep anytime everywhere you go there's a bed to sleep in and yes I you know we paid for that bed but hey how many times do you sit there and get to watch wildlife who are used to going and doing their, their normal stuff in front of spotlights and, and watching them in at night time and what they do. And I'm so glad I did it because I saw some of the most amazing behaviour of these uh, of these animals in the night when when after midnight and then especially the first few hours up to 3am, everything was really quiet. You, I mean, obviously the, the lodge would creak every now and then, but this is when the animals started coming out and you started seeing a lot more activity. And so, you know, right at the very front of the hide, I, I spent most of the time in the hide, uh, you had your your small nocturnal animals, such as your um, your civets and your, you know, your silverback mongoose. And they would come in and they were catching the insects that were attracted to the light. So generally you don't see these animals at all unless on, you know, nature documentaries. Uh, you, you certainly don't see them on a game drive um, or you may see them in a zoo. But here they were in coming of their own cord and um, taking advantage of the abundance of insects in, that were attracted to the light. And so got very good viewing of them and they would sit, there was, in front of the hide, there was a, a bunch of rocks that actually stopped the, the, the animals rubbing on the, the buildings. Uh, and so they would just hop around on the rocks and, uh, and, and hunt there and often just sit on the rocks right in front of you. And, you know, as long as you're very quiet and were just watching, they were not in the least bit uh, now distracted by you they they weren't even you know I was watching them their behavior didn't change they weren't their ears weren't back listening they were listening for their their next prey uh, and you know elephants came and go in the middle of the night we had a a breeding herd came in uh, there was a matriarch there and it looked like she had um either broken her leg or something had happened with her. She didn't have the best, uh, something was wrong with her back leg, yet she had a young calf. But it was amazing how she managed to still be able to move around, move the calf around and not be disadvantaged in the way she, you know, she was a, a, an older matriarch just in, obviously had lived a long life already and she still managed to do this with her you know gammy leg um, which was really interesting to see and so they would get into the mud and they'd use their tusks to wedge out a bit of mud and and allow the uh, the young calves to eat the salt that they had dug up with their tusks uh, at one stage, we had a the black rhino come in and try to get onto the salt lick. Now, the elephants weren't very happy with the black rhino there. They were trying to protect their calves, I'm assuming. And so they uh, you know, would do some mock charges to try and, and a bit of trumpeting to try and stop the 
black rhino from coming in. So it was a bit of um, push and shove there. You know, they didn't touch each other, of course, but the the elephants would move towards the rhino, the rhino would back off, and then the elephants would get back to the feeding and the rhino would come back in. And depending on who did it, so it was the younger calves had a go, the rhino would, would come back at them. But if it was the older the older elephant cows, then the, the rhino backed off. Uh, and it was it was just great to just watch that little interaction of what was happening and how they were managed it. All around there, there was also the Egyptian geese. Uh, you could hear them calling all night. Uh, and you also still had the buffalo through and they didn't seem to be concerned with the elephants or the rhino. They just did their own thing. And so did the, uh, and the elephants and the rhino didn't seem to worry about the buffalo. Uh, at one stage I did see the buffalo suddenly all mobbed together into a bit like an apex and there must have been a line or something out there because all of a sudden they started moving together out and you had the 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 big bulls that the older ones and uh, you know the big heavy ones they were up the front and they were the one pushing the charge and the the younger cows and calves were at the back and um, you know obviously a bit more protected and they were they were chasing something because they kept doing rushes and then coming back and then rush and coming back and so I can only assume there was there was a line or some lines out there we didn't actually see the lines but um, it was just amazing to watch this happening and meanwhile everyone else is asleep in their beds and uh, I was sitting there watching this whole live documentary of these animals right in front of me interacting between each other and not having to worry about humans and I know there was um, micro bats coming in with the lights and uh, it it was and really something to see so if you really if you enjoy animals and uh, you, you like viewing the wildlife it's the ark is a really great place to go to uh so what did i learn from from this not much just you know this was a time i was just being a tourist and it was something i really enjoyed um uh, you know as i said just about everyone went to bed by midnight but i stayed up and i was a bit confused why you'd spend all this money to watch wildlife and then go to bed. It's the same like life, isn't it? That if you're given an opportunity of something really unusual, do you just go back to your old habits or do you actually take that opportunity and make something of it and experience stuff that you haven't experienced before? You know, this is a this was a great opportunity to to view animals that you're only going to, you only had the opportunity that night. And so 
you can sleep anytime. You know, yes, you may be a bit sleep de um, deprived the next day, but you can catch up on sleep. But you can't catch up on this. This was a once only uh, for that's the way how they run this thing. I mean, quite sure, you can spend more nights there if you want to, but it's it's pretty uncommon. Most people only do it in the one day. And so I just see it as it's my generally my way of of addressing life is I see an opportunity and I'll make the most of that opportunity while it's present to me. And this is a really good way to live your life. If an opportunity comes along, don't wait for it to get better. Don't wait for thinking that something better will come along or something just, if it's there, just use it and you never know what where that opportunity can take you and how much it may change your life so that's all I've got to say about this is if you go to Kenya and you get a chance to go to the ark uh, I, I highly recommend it I really enjoyed it uh, if you can do without sleep for a night do that and and enjoy and, and make sure you get a take a good camera that can um, film these days with the digital cameras you've got a much better chance I was only still only using the analog stuff so I've still got the great footage of it but it's the the footage isn't as good as what what digital cameras can do these days but it's well worth the trip and uh, and to see these days they also have if you check the ARC website they actually have a live cam that you can view from I mean I'm sitting here in Australia and I can view what's happening at the ARC how surreal is that it's just unbelievable these days that you can do these things there's a there's a few cams um, live cams around Africa there's a lot in South Africa like if you look up AFRICAM A-F-R-I-C-A-M uh, that's a um, that is a website from South Africa and it has about six different live cams around different national parks uh, but also this and there may be others that from different lodges but this I, I know in the ARC they have um, they have this happening uh, as we speak and so I, I actually looked at it the other day and I was watching um, Buffalo around in the in the salt lick area so i know it's still functional and happening uh so it's a short one today um take advantage of when opportunities come take advantage of it and don't let normal routine get in your way you know break your routines you don't have to be a routine person you can be a um you can you can do things different and sometimes it's just stepping out of your routine and out of your comfort zone and doing something different is so rewarding all right so i'll catch you next time with another adventure from kenya okay bye bye like always i want to leave you with a thought to consider what is your environmental and cultural footprint when you travel how are you showing up to the country and the culture you are showing up with to make a better interaction for all concerned? Leaving the environment as you found it, 
reducing your impact on local resources and cultures to come out with such a positive outlook for both the local population and environment and yourself. Okay, please follow my podcast if you're enjoying what you are hearing and share it to others so they too may be inspired. I'll catch you next time.